it's time to cover all things Catholic in the heart of South and Central Texas. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network, get ready to rise and walk with Richard and Julie Reyna. And just like that, folks, we are back on the air live with you here in the South and Central Texas studios. Uh, Julie, we're back. Hey, we're back. Cool. Happy Pentecost, everyone. We're, cel- right. we're in the celebratory season. Yesterday was beautiful, and we intend to keep that spirit going today with our guest, Father Ed Hoff, our lovely, well, not lovely. He would never want to be called lovely, but our awesome priest. He's a lovely priest. You can yes. say beautiful priest. I, beautiful. Beautiful. I love saying beautiful priest because Priests are beautiful, so Amen. we have Amen. Father here today to talk about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I want to make sure, because this is I, I have these points to my script, I'll make sure I cover these. Of course, happy uh, Pentecost. Happy Pentecost. Happy birthday to the church. Happy birthday and to the happy church. And happy feast day or memorial of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church yes, today. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yes, we need to talk about her, of course. Absolutely. I, well, I say it that way because, uh, you know, right now, some of the changes have been, been announcements that have been made about priests moving around and so mm-hmm. forth. Father Martin Leopold, who was formerly pastor, uh, no, still pastor, I'm sorry, of Our Lady of Grace, uh, St. Peter's Prince of the Apostle here on Broadway, and Our Lady of Sorrows, yes. uh, uh, starting July 1st, will be moving over to the new parish, uh, Mary Mother of the Church, which hasn't even yet broken ground. I was going to say, which doesn't yet. even exist yet. <laughs> I assumed that there was, there was some already building and things going on there, and you told me just the other day that it is acreage, right? It's I think it's, I'm pretty sure I got it right. It's uh, like 55, 55 acres. That's incredible. But at, right <laughs> now, right now, Father Martin Leopold is starting celebrating Holy Mass right now. So right we can't now. be out there with him. And he said, bring your lawn chairs, bring an umbrella. Uh, it's going to be a little rough, but uh, he's wow. and, and every year going forward on, on the, of course, this wonderful memorial. How exhibit. beautiful. Yeah. Oh so very cool. That's very cool. Fabulous. I think I covered them all. All right. Awesome. And uh, with Pentecost uh, happening yesterday, of course, I'm wearing red. So, you know, I'm you wearing go. red. Yes, you are. Okay, cool. Good, good, good. Make sure we got that right. I put a little blue in there because it was Our Lady's Feast also. That's uh, right. So okay, awesome. gotta, I don't, I don't have blue slacks on. Maybe <laughs> and slacks. And Father is in his fabulous black, so he's awesome. <laughs> so Father knows what he's doing here. So, uh, again, uh, folks, what a beautiful day. Uh, outside, you obviously, there's some clouds around San Antonio. At least from our perspective, you can see how beautiful it is. Uh, to be alive. Praise God for the gift of life. Praise God, especially after this past week of crazy weather and uh, ridiculousness. <laughs> crazy weather? Yes. We were talking about this with Father before we got on the air because for those of you who are in the area, which our, all our listeners sort of are, but in San Antonio in particular, because that's where we live, we had some crazy storms going on uh, last week. And uh, we were telling Father about you posting on Facebook the crazy photos of our front yard tree being split at the top and falling very providentially perfectly between our house and our neighbor house, our neighbor's house, Miss Mary. And I'm telling you, I was telling father right now and I'm, I'm still, it still seems amazing and miraculous because the tree is not humongous, but it is a full grown tree and a huge section of it fell, um, and and it landed very providentially, perfectly between the two houses. The leaves were just barely touching the front corner of our house and about three inches away from our neighbor's home. And as we posted in, on Facebook, we really feel very, very oh, no certainly yes. that it was God's providence, of course, through the intercession of St. Joseph, 
and the holy souls in purgatory. Well, I'm going to tweak that a little bit because because <laughs> when you say feel, people are like, oh, it's just a feeling. I said, no, no, no. no, no we no. really believe. It's true. Yes, absolutely. But that we were we were protected, and some people in our neighborhood were passing by as I was cutting down the tree and having some fun with it. Uh, wow, yeah, we're lucky. I said, no, luck had nothing to do with it. Luck can be kind of funny. I said, we're blessed. And then, you, know, you can tell the confusion in their face because they don't understand why. Right. They just had a tree just fall down in your front yard, and you're saying you're blessed. I said, of course, look, <laughs> it didn't hit the house. I mean, we're yes, it was it was. And you were out and about with our youngest daughter right as the storm was starting, and I so had was, no idea was it, it was, it no, was it Stella. It you and Stella were out running around, and and. You texted me and said, get the car parked in the, in the oh, driveway gotcha. because okay. there's a storm coming. And before you arrived, it had already gotten here. And I was just amazed at how quickly it came was that in. All the same day? Got, yes, everything got dark and the wind was blowing and there was lightning and thunder. And then eventually there was hail and you were outside just moments before the tree well, cracked. Well, Ava and I went, <laughs> stepped aside because we love watching storms come through. I love that. And, uh, you know, we have we put up a new flag uh, right by our entryway, Yay, and it beautiful. pops in the wind, pow, and it kind of snaps. Yeah, it whips. And uh-huh. I heard it pop, and I looked, and it sounded a little bit odd. I said, like, oh, maybe it's because the wind's really strong. Then I heard a larger crack, pop kind of thing. I said, oh, Ava, the, the, get inside, because I, <laughs> I I had a sense that that was coming from the tree, and I think we closed the door and. <laughs> And it fell. It, and it, I was right crazy. Just, you yeah. said, we lost our tree. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And we were watching the trees from the back windows, whipping in directions that you wouldn't see a tree whip in directions. Unless, of course, Jesus himself took the tree and shook it, which is what it looked like was happening. And and just to see it, we, we went outside after most of the storm had passed by and it seemed safer to go out. There was still thunder and lightning. Um, and we took video of it. And the, it was pretty dark, so it was much more difficult to tell but in the sunlight of the next day you appreciated how enormous this section of the tree was and how beautifully miraculous it was that didn't hurt home if it had hit our home god is good god is good he would have he would have taken care of us i have no doubt but we were specifically referencing the holy souls because my daughter on that second floor window which would have been hit the tree possibly could have gone right into her window she has a very large window it would have literally landed in her room and she sprinkles holy water and prays for the holy souls every night and asks for their intercession and um as the church teaches we are the church militant here on earth and we can do something beautiful by praying for the holy souls in purgatory because they can't pray for themselves and the holy souls in purgatory can in response pray only for us because we need their prayers and they need our prayers and it's a beautiful um working together to help each other get to heaven. So she sprinkles this holy water, and I have no doubt that it was the reason why her room was not destroyed and entered by a very large tree, and why St. Joseph saved. We have medals of St. Joseph buried on the four corners of our property. We did the consecration of St. Joseph on the feast of St. Joseph, which was March 19th, and we highly recommend. I even I even <clears throat> let Father Calloway know, Father Donald Calloway. I'm going to show the book again because we're huge fans of this book, uh, Father Calloway's uh, Consecration to St. Joseph. Um, I even let him know um, because he was letting me know about a, um, a, a canonization that's going to happen very soon of Pauline Jericho, who was a famous devotee of St. Philomena, to whom we have great devotion. 
And I said, Father, St. Joseph saved us <laughs> last <laughs> night from a storm. And he was like, praise God, thank God, nobody was hurt. Amen. This was a really big deal in the Reina household. And we drove around and we saw a lot of damage and a lot of other people lost trees. Uh, hopefully there was nobody who got hurt. Father was telling us a story about being in that storm and, and how his driver friend was um, stalled in water. God is very good to take care of us. We need to pray during those moments and know that God's will be done. But it is very scary to no, be in the storm. No, 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 no. That's not scary. <laughs> well, um, um, there's some excitement. There's some, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I guess you say fear of the unknown, but, but there's no need to be fearful. Well, I mean scary in that we are, we are practical material people. We, we live in the material world, but we are usually walking around very unaware of the spiritual. And we all, that's the storm is a great way to remind us. Remember, people, it is about the spiritual. And God sort of shakes the trees and says, hey, I'm right here. Pr- yeah. Trust in me and I am going to providentially keep you safe. So thanks Amen. be to God. <laughs> Amen. In fact, you know, when the storms finally calmed down that night, Elijah and I um, drove around the neighborhood because some other trees had fallen down. And uh, we saw, because we, we heard chainsaws. I'm like, wow, there's people chainsawing right now? Yeah. Because it was like, I think, 9 o'clock, maybe 9.30. And we went walked over to the end of the block and saw some guys cutting a tree out of the way that had fallen, was still attached to the, the trunk. And uh, so we made, the, we saw them pulling it away also. So, hey, let's go help. So we went and jumped in my truck. Y'all are such dudes. Yeah, and we had a lot of fun. You know, we got I got a, a, a truck that allows me to to do that. Now we took the the, the tow strap and and pulled other trees out of the way. And one lady even asked, "Are, are, you, are you part of a service or are you are you just helping out?" I like said, the service of God." Yeah. Know? Well, she said, "Are you just helping out of the goodness of your heart?" I said, "Right there, ma'am, on the goodness of our heart." Plus, I'm on the board for our HOA. So I said, and "We're one of our HOA uh, board members, man. That's how we serve." You know. So then we drove off. But anyway, it was it was quite quite exciting. Exciting, interesting. Uh, what a wonderful evening. Yeah, you have to share the joy of being safe and also help others in times of distress. So that's what we got to do this past week. And then came Pentecost. Ooh. We have to talk about Pentecost because Pentecost is the birthday of the Catholic Church. It is, it is, it is. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, we get too excited that we get carried away <laughs> with uh, and not and not. Jumping into our prayer. So, uh, folks, uh, really quickly, uh, I do want to uh, make mention that we're going to be re- rescheduling <clears> the <throat> Fishers of Men. I'm going to get you the information out really, really soon, as soon as I get all the the details lined up. But please, Pete, stay tuned for that as well. Um, but uh, mentioning our, our show today, uh, of course, with Pentecost, uh, the Solemnity of Pentecost. Is this the Solemnity, correct, Father? Solemnity? It's a solemnity mm-hmm. Okay, yes. cool. Just want to make sure I got it right. Uh, uh, happening yesterday, we're going to talk about all things Holy Spirit with Father Ed Hoff. Uh, of course, he's well versed in all things uh, regarding the Holy Spirit. I want to make sure you all <laughs> fully understand what beautiful time of the church, this season of the church, this is. But let's first begin huh, the rest of the show with our opening prayer. In fact, in order to encourage uh, some of our people to learn the, the official language of the church, uh, Latin. Let's let's pray the Hail Mary <clears throat> in Latin. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus. Nunc in hora mortis nostre. Amen. 
Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church, pray, pray for, for us. St. Joseph, Patron of the Universal Church, pray, pray for, for us. St. Anthony, Doctor of the Church and Patron of our great city, pray, pray, pray for, for us. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. You did well, Richard. <laughs> hey, Father, Father, I, I, go, I know it sounds like we're bragging, but but we actually pray the Rosary as a family in Latin in each Latin night. And, uh, it's totally fun. Yes, and I want to get better at it because I think we know 95% of the prayers. You know, the, the, the creed, I don't know it fully in Latin yet. and the We're completing very, the, the prayer at the end, the Oh God, who's only begotten Son. We're we're in the process of learning that last prayer. So we're working on it. <laughs> but Not it's totally yet. fun. And you know what's really cool is hearing the kids pray in Latin. It's yeah, really fantastic. So and then of course I put out there, okay, now we need to know it in Spanish so we can say we can pray the rosary in three languages, which Woo-hoo! is totally doable. Yes, Come it on, is. Spanish is pretty close <laughs> to both English and Latin, so We'll get it done, Father. Yes, we will. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Father, so uh, the solemnity of Pentecost, that's a big deal. It's yeah. a really big deal, Father. <laughs> it's actually so big that there's only one of three <clears throat> feasts in the entire church here that has a sequence, you know, oh. during the Mass. Oh, that's and, right. That's right. That's right. Know, some people, we have many people going to church right now, but those who <laughs> were yesterday, at least at our parish, uh, we did the sequence, uh, which is only happens on Easter, Pentecost, yes. and Corpus Christi. Uh-huh. There is another one for the Feast of uh, the Sorrows of Mary, but they don't use that one much anymore. So it's yeah, it's a great feast for a couple of things. One of the things interesting, I think, maybe if we go back just the backstory on it a little bit, the Feast of Pentecost is actually a Jewish feast. It's a feast of the Hebrew people in the time of Jesus, and well before that as well. It's the Feast of the First Harvest. Uh, uh-huh. Israel is is located in that part of a world where they can have two harvests a year. Mm-hmm. So they have the first one right about this time, early May, and then they are late May, and then they also have another one in October, which they call Sukkoth, or the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. The first one is the barley harvest or the wheat harvest, you know, the first one, and then later would be the olive and all the things. So interesting thing, though, that when you stop to think about that, how the Lord just works everything out perfectly. All these people, as you remember the first reading from yesterday's Mass, all these Jews from all over the world who could in any way make it to Jerusalem because of the distance, whatever, who could come, were there. Because they just did that. They went to the temple three times a year, and that was one of the times that they went for the celebration of the first harvest. So they would bring a part of their harvest and offer it you know, in the, in wow. the temple. <clears throat> and I always think about that when the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they who just before that, just literally prior to that, were locked in the upper room hiding mm-hmm. from their Jewish brothers and sisters for fear that they would get right. killed like Jesus did. Peter, old as he was, runs out into the street and gives his first homily. <laughs> and 3,000 people were converted at the end of that <laughs> homily, the first harvest wow. of Christianity. How long how Lord were things out? It's just incredible. Because <laughs> he went out with the power that now he had with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which hopefully we'll talk about in a little bit. But, you know, it's that, that happened. So Pentecost was originally a Jewish feast. But for us, when Jesus departed at the Ascension, well, prior to that, in the, at the Last Supper, he was saying to the disciples, you know, it's better for you that I go. Mm-hmm. If I do not go, the Holy Spirit cannot come. But if I go, I will send him to you, and he will teach you all things. And he means that. 
So I've often said, you know, if Jesus were still around in the flesh today, he'd be like Mel Brooks, you know, the 2,000-year-old man. <laughs> and he'd be on every, every television show, but for the wrong reasons. You know? So with neither that he had a human body, he couldn't stay any longer. So he ascended. But what he did was, when he got there, is to send himself back, but his spirit. Now, you remember your spirit is what makes you you, right? Mm-hmm. When your spirit leaves your body, you're simply a cadaver. Right. Mm-hmm. It is just a just. What's left is a cadaver. Yes. Just a dead shell. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it's the spirit that makes you who you are. So it's Jesus's own spirit, which is his love for the Father, and the Father's love for him. That mm-hmm. is the Holy Spirit. So that was sent down to us. So we become, in a sense, at that moment, part of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the. This very life within us that the Father has with the Son and the Son has with the Father. Jesus wanted to share that with us of who he is completely. His He is love itself, love for his Father, and vice versa. So he sent that spirit out, and that spirit comes into us to now do what Jesus couldn't accomplish. Because he didn't have time, he would have needed another thousand years. <laughs> but the spirit can come and teach from within, you know, where Jesus had to speak from without. And he begins to teach us. Now, you remember when you had to study and prepare for your confirmation, you had to memorize the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are given to you for you. Yes. They're for you to use yourself for your own spirituality, growth, and holiness, remember? So we have the spirit of wisdom, Wisdom, understanding, understanding, counsel, counsel, knowledge, fortitude, fortitude, piety, and fear Fear of the Lord, or awesome reverence for the Lord. Beautiful gifts, and we should study those and learn them and how we can use them in our own life because mm-hmm. if we can use those gifts, then we become really powerful. But then on top of that, on Pentecost, remember just before he left, he said, now, I, as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. Go out into the whole world and proclaim the good news to every mm-hmm. creature. Signs like these will accompany you. You will expel demons in my name. You will... Uh, You'll speak entirely new languages. You will lay your hands upon the sick and they will recover. You will, the, you will, the dead will rise and so on. So he gives them these gifts. It's what we call in theology the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit from the Greek word epiphania, which means yes. a manifestation, an outward show, something you could see outside. So he gives us these gifts. Unfortunately, in the second reading for the Solemnity of Pentecost, they start with that reading and then they leave the gifts out and move on to the next section. There's no which is, optional readings, a uh, long one, short one kind of thing, no? <laughs> if you promise not to tell anybody, okay. I, I put them in. Nobody anyway. else is okay. okay. I put them in, I put them in my homily. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, because the gifts that they, they, they're given to us to do the job we're called to do. I can't tell people, I can't tell it enough over and over and over again. You're going to be judged at the end on how well you use these gifts to do what you're supposed to do. That's what your judgment's going to be. And so what are we called to do? Three things. Proclaim the truth of the gospel, heal the sick, and expel the demons. People look at me like, I can't do any of those. I said, yeah, you can. Once you learn how and once you learn and receive those gifts of the Spirit, you can do that. Which is what I do in our prayer meeting. You know, it's what all the prayer meetings hopefully are doing, teaching people how to live using those gifts of the Holy Spirit 
praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is this deeper immersion. That's all baptized means in Greek is to immerse. To immerse us in that spirit. And then the gifts of the spirit begin to flow through us. And so they are wisdom in speaking. So when you when you speak God's word or when you speak or teach other people, a wisdom comes out of you that you, you say things you never intended to say. Mm-hmm. Or people will hear things that you said that you didn't say, oh, but they yes. thought, I've had that happen, I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> oh, Father, you must have been living in my house this week, which you said in your hobby was just <laughs> exactly what we needed to hear. I said, what was that? And they tell me, I said, say that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, that wasn't in my hobby. But they heard it. So that's, you know, and we, we get that gift to speak wisdom. The second one is words of knowledge, where you get to know things that only God could know. Now, but you get that information from the Lord. And we get those words from time to time. You know, something's something going to happen, or this happens, or somebody's got this particular issue. How would you know that? Right. Because the Lord told you. So it's wisdom in speaking, which Jesus used all the time. The third one, one of my favorites, is faith, but the kind of faith that moves mountains. Not just faith. There's three kinds of faith. We have doctrinal faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of Heaven and Earth. That's what we believe. That's faith. But it's doctrinal faith. Then you have natural faith. I always tell people, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you don't stop at a laboratory on your way home to have the food tested to make sure it's okay to eat. <laughs> you have faith that the people who mm-hmm. prepared it did it according to right. all the right standards and did it according to the law. So that's natural faith. We all have that. But then there is that third kind of faith, which is what we call mountain-moving faith. Jesus himself mm-hmm. used that expression, as you remember. When he was standing, uh, he was coming down the Hallelujah Trail. I know you guys have been there. Okay. Yes. Coming back around the side of the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem. Where the, but where the teardrop <clears throat> chapel is for the, where um, Jesus wept. Remember that? Yes. Okay. He's coming along there and he goes to get figs off a fig tree. There was no figs on the tree because it wasn't time for mm-hmm. figs. So he said loudly, never again shall anyone eat of your fruit to the mm-hmm. tree. And then the next day when they were coming back in that same way, Peter said, look, that tree you... Cursed yesterday is withered to its roots. And Jesus said, I said that in your hearing that you may believe two things. One, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, he's pointing at the Mount of Olives, move and it would move. And he meant that. Now, you've seen olive seeds from Israel. I'm sure I have some in my office at home. Mm-hmm. I show people, they look at it and say, are you kidding? No, they're almost microscopic. They are so tiny. And yet they grew up into this very large bush, like a forsythia bush, something that large. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if I've ever seen a mustard seed. I mean, a mustard, a mustard bush, mustard yeah, tree. Yeah, well, we okay. saw some when we were in Israel. In fact, you mean uh, an olive, an olive seed? No, Did you no, say no, olive seed? No, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, um, no, this is mustard seed. A mustard seed. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you have mustard seed faith. Mustard seeds are very, very tiny. And um, then the second thing he said, and I say to you, if you pray for anything, believing you have already received it, it shall be given to you. In other words, stand on my word. If I said it, I mean it. Stand on that and act on it. Mm-hmm. We don't, because most yeah. people don't have that kind of faith. Yeah. Right. We need to have that. That's so what we do in the healing ministry. Lord, you said, if it's in your will, I command you, this body to come into alignment. And boom, very often we have instant miracles, because it's what God's planning to do. Then the third uh, the the fourth gift is the gift of tongues, <clears throat> which uh, is simply the Holy Spirit taking over our prayer. So as we start to pray, the Holy Spirit takes over the prayer, and it is done in a language we don't understand. It doesn't act usually not a human language at all, uh, but it's the Holy Spirit praying for our prayer for us to the Father. Well, I always say, you know, if the 
spirit is praying your prayer, are you not going to get answered? <laughs> it's God himself asking God. I had a wonderful incident one time. We were doing a healing service, and uh, there was this lady who uh, looked like she was about 70 years old, and she was all crippled up with arthritis. I mean, really crippled, gnarled hands, everything. And she wound up on the team next to me, which was being led that time by a bishop who was retired from Mary Knoll. Oh, yes. With Mary Knoll. It's a loosely confederated group of uh, diocesan priests or missionaries. He had been in China, got expelled from China, was sent to Tanzania. And wow. had been in Tanzania for years, and so finally he became a bishop there in Tanzania. Now he was retired, Bishop Ed. He was about six foot five, and he was praying on the next team over from me. I saw this lady come up, and then I saw the weirdest thing: the team. We always tell our teams just pray in tongues because that way the Holy Spirit's doing the praying for the person you're praying for. And he's leaning way over, listening to this girl <laughs> on our team, this young lady who was working on our team. And I said, "That's kind of weird." I saw him in my corner of my eye. He told me the story later. He said she was speaking in a perfect dialect of Swahili, which was used only in the part of Tanzania where he had been the bishop. So he understood everything. He said, I heard the Holy Spirit asking the Father to heal this woman, not from her arthritis, but from a bitter hatred she had for her mother. Hmm. And when he told her about that, she got saucer eyes. You know, she didn't know how she, he could never, nobody knew that, but he knew. And so he said, you have to forgive your mother if you want to be healed. He, I can't do that. She woke up literally oh. every, every morning to hate her mother. Oh. That's what That was the meaning of her life. But finally he talked her into it. And so he led her through the prayer, and she did the prayer. And they prayed over her, and she was rested in the spirit. And then, you know, I didn't pay attention after that. But the bishop told me the story. The following month, when we invite people to come up after communion, if they have a testimony, this lady came up, and she told the whole story. She wasn't 70. She was 40, and she looked like she came off the page of a woman's fashion magazine. She was glowing. All her arthritis was gone. She was beautiful. I mean, she radiated. And that was the Holy Spirit answering Amen. the prayer. And that's what happens with that gift of tongues. People think tongues are crazy. No, tongues is the greatest gift we can have because it means the Holy Spirit is praying for us. So if we want to pray, can I praise God adequately? Yeah, for about 30 seconds. And then I don't <laughs> run out of things to say, you know. No, you just pray, you can go on forever with tongues. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful gift, and it takes almost nobody to give it. I prayed over a little girl who was 11 years old a few weeks ago, and I said, I'm just going to pray, just imitate what I'm doing, and then pretty soon it'll take on a life of its own. With the third word, she was off on her own. Mm-hmm. And she was speaking beautifully in tongues, and those tongues healed another issue in her life which she had, which I found out the next day. All of this is just God's great. And then after the gift of tongues, you have the gift of prophecy which means that we are able to speak God's word to his people. <clears throat> That's all prophecy means, speaking the word of God to others. It has nothing to do with telling the future. Or oh, gotcha. Sometimes the message he gives will be about the future. That's different. But all it is is proclaiming God's word. So God gives us a message to give to somebody, and so that's prophetic. Uh, it comes, the word prophet simply means witness. So you're, you're basically witness. The Greek word for that is martyrus, you know, so... so uh-huh. It's a form of martyrdom, but it's a good kind. <clears throat> and then there's a gift of discernment of spirits, where you mm. get to understand, you have a sense of what spirit you're dealing with as you're praying with people, and you get a sense of what's there. Sometimes it comes from experience, but very often the Lord will give you that. So this is what you're dealing with, and so pray about that. And sure enough, boom, the spirits get delivered. I've seen that, I can't tell you how many times. So those marvelous gifts are given to us for ministry, 
And so then when you talk about things like discernment of spirits and the others you mentioned, are, do we all receive them? Do we receive some of them, no. some of them more than others? I mean, good, how does all that work? Very good question. Um, scripture says to one is given this gift, to another is given this gift. Well, but that's kind of a scriptural way of saying it. You can have more than one gift. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I know I, I use the gift of tongues, I have the gift of faith, I have the gift of prophecy, I have, you know, Right. different gifts. Um, but the beauty part of it is, is when the community is gathered, all the gifts are there. Ah, because many I don't know are. if you remember many years ago, it was uh, one of the early priests in the charismatic, we know was Father John Bertolucci, a great evangelist. And he used to have this wonderful saying, he said, we don't have it all together, but together we have it all. <laughs> it's a powerful <laughs> statement, because when the, that's why the community is together, so some people will give prophecies during a prayer meeting. Other people will, um, you know, everybody speaks in tongues pretty much, but other people will prophesy, other people will do this. So when you have the community gathered together, you have all the gifts. And the gifts will often flow depending on your personality. You have basically a personality gift, what we call the motivational gifts. That's another whole thing for another program. But uh, the things that are in your personality from the time that you're born, and your gift will flow according to your personality, you know. I always thought that my gifts were, the one it gives called lover, which means you're compassionate and warm and caring about other people, which I am. And I thought the second one... <laughs> and humble. One, and humble too, yeah. <laughs> it's just a gift. I'm just speaking the truth. It's a gift that I have. It's not mine. It's a gift, gift God gave to me, so I use it. But the other thing I thought was I'm, I'm a teacher. I was wrong on that one. Ah. Because teacher, according to this concept, is the one who does all the research. Thomas Aquinas was a teacher. The people who do all of the research stuff, and if you've ever been to college professors, they know they're right, but they can't they can't get it across because they don't have that ability. So you need an exhorter, one who can take what the other people do, digest it, and spit it back out. That's uh-huh. my gift. I found that out when taking that test. There's a <laughs> test for those motivational gifts. But this is all the work of the Holy Spirit, giving us this gift so that the church will continue. And as I said yesterday, you know, to everybody at the beginning, a happy birthday, you know, because it's the birthday of the church. That's when right. the spirit, the spirit of God came into the body and gave it life. Beautiful. And so it came forth. Um, but it, you know, it's not the we have to understand, it, it, it's not the church that we consider the Vatican or St. Peter's Basilica or Pope Francis or the cardinals or the bishop. We had none of those back then. Peter was certainly what we would call the Pope, but didn't have that title back then. The church is us. It's the people. It's all of us. And you were thinking something before we went on the air, Julie, about if the church that we are part of, which the Holy Spirit impelled to come alive at Pentecost and then continues to do the same thing, Mm -hmm. if that church is only a Sunday morning thing, it is not at all what God planned. That's right. So the church begins much smaller than that. Mm-hmm. What we call the domestic church, for sure. Mm-hmm. And we were speaking about that earlier. If you remember the passage in Luke's Gospel, it's chapter 22, of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. Remember the story. It's resurrection morning. They have had it. They couldn't go anywhere before that because it was right. Sabbath. So now they can leave. And they're walking down the road together, yeah. Saying things like, do you believe? Three years of our life yeah. down the drain. Luke 24, a, 31. 
yeah, yes. it's 24. You're right. No, yes. I said 22, but it is, you know, it is, it looks 24. And so they're commiserating with one another going, oh, well, let's go down to Amos. It's kind of like the Las Vegas of the, of, of <laughs> Israel. Of the, not really, but it was a place where people okay. went for vacation. So they're heading down there seven miles away. So all of a sudden, the stranger appears between them. He comes up from behind and between them, they don't recognize him. And what are you talking about? And they stop dead in their tracks. Are you the only person in Jerusalem who doesn't know what happened here these last few days? What things? (laughs) About Jesus of Nazareth. And then the saddest line in the entire scripture. We had hoped. Ah. The proof perfect tense in English, which is completed action and pastime. In other words, it's over. There's no hope for the future. It's over. Done. Mm. So then Jesus begins to open up his heart to them and break open the scriptures for them, the Old Testament, of all the prophecies that were about the Messiah and how Jesus fulfilled all those prophecies. By that time, they were at Amos. And so he looks like he's going to continue on. He said, come on, come in, come in and have supper with us at least, you know. So he goes in and he sits down at the supper table, breaks the bread, and instantly they know who he was. Mm -hmm. And he disappears. And their eyes were open with that. Their eyes were open. We're not recognized. Burning within us as we talk to him on the way. Now, uh, there's a reason for him doing that story. What those two disciples were doing was opening the heart, breaking open their hearts and their feelings, breaking open their lives with one another. They were, in effect, pouring out their love for one another, commiserating with one another, supporting one another. Jesus comes into the midst of that, stands where? Between them which in Hebrew means at your hand. So he's right where their hands join is where he is standing, right in the middle. And he used the same word when he said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. I'm between you. Well, between you means you have to have more than one person. (laughs) So what happened here is he broke open the bread of his life. They broke open the bread of their lives for one another, poured out the blood of their love, so to speak. Then he did that with them. And once they had done that, he now could liturgize it. He could now put it into action. So he broke the bread at the table, and they instantly knew. That's Luke's model of church. Mm-hmm. Church is people breaking open the bread of their lives to one another. Like when you said, Richard, we just lost our tree. <laughs> and Julie says, what tree? What's going on? <laughs> And you say to your daughter, get in the house, this tree's coming. Yeah. All of that is you sharing the depth of your spirit with one another. And you guys do that all the time. Sometimes very loving, sometimes a little Not so loving. Edgy, it's okay, you, know, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> Normal married couples. But what you're doing all day long is you're breaking open the bread of your life. Okay, so this another. is a really good um, uh, segue into what I was asking you to talk right. about. We really, in this day and age, especially with all the crazy that's going on right now, right need to be encouraged, Father, to appreciate the ways in which we can bring the Holy Spirit into the livelihood of our families as parents and as family members. Remember the Holy Spirit is the life giver. He's the The one who breathes life into the church. Giver of life, don't we say that, Father? Yes, yes. In the creed. So as you guys break it open the bread of your lives as husband and wife, Mm -hmm. as you share each other's body, mind, and spirit with one Mm -hmm. another, you are actually breaking the bread of your life for one another, and you're actually pouring out the blood of your life. Right. So now that gets liturgized at the Mass when the priest breaks the bread or holds up, this is my body broken for you. Mm-hmm. 
This is the cup of my blood which will be poured out for you and for many for mm-hmm. the forgiveness of sins. Right. So what Jesus did there, you guys do here, and that makes you church. That's where church is. That's the whole meaning of the word church. It's from the, the Hebrew word is kahal, Q-A-H-A-L, kahal. It just means a gathering or an assembly. It has nothing to do with buildings or has nothing to do with, you know, if we, I always tell, you know, if you are not breaking open the bread of your life with each other at home, and then you come to Mass on Sunday, yeah. don't bother <laughs> right. No, don't I don't take that yeah. literally because you're supposed <laughs> you to. Heard right here. <laughs> but what did Jesus said? If you come to the temple to offer your gift and they realize your brother has something against you, go first to be reconciled with your brother. Leave your gift there. Go back and then go back and offer your gift, because otherwise you're liturgizing something that's not true, mm-hmm. and then it becomes a lie. Mm-hmm. So we celebrate on Sunday Mass, but we're angry at certain people. It's people in our lives we haven't forgiven. We're not being as loving in our families as we ought to be. And then we come to Mass. Now, during the Mass, this is absolutely the truth. At the time of the offertory procession, your guardian angel brings into that cup with all those broken pieces of bread in it, those hosts, and into that flagon of wine that comes up the aisle. Your guardian angel brings all the broken bread of your life that you've done all since your last Mass, and all of the ways you poured out the blood of your love for each other, puts it in there, comes up to the altar, the priest takes it, and turns it into Jesus. Wow. Your love for each other becomes Jesus. And then it's given back to you to strengthen you to continue to do the same thing till your next Mass. That's church. Beautiful. And when that happens, and when the children understand that, so as they're loving each other, helping one another, doing, you know, the kids are going to be kids. They're going to have fights and stuff from time to time. That's Helping them to grow, I think. <laughs> but nevertheless, if they understand, I think your kids really understand that well, um, that they, this is where church really happens. And then when we go to the big church on Sunday with all the other little churches, then we become a, have a, a magnificent celebration of Jesus' mm-hmm. presence in our midst and what he's been doing for us. And if we're living out that church, then we will automatically do the things that Jesus called us to do, which is to heal the sick, expel the demons, proclaim the, the gospel. Mm-hmm. We're, we're to evangelize all the time. You evangelize first to, your, to, your, to each other and then to your children, right. but then out through them and also yourself out into the world. Of course, you do it with radio way more than most people can do. But but anyway, helping your neighbors pull their dead trees out of the street, <laughs> that's part of being church, you know. That's your, 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 you're breaking the bread of your life for somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus has been hinting at, talking about, clamoring about forever. <laughs> this is what we need to do. <clears throat> and once we're doing that, and we begin to live that within our own life, then our Sunday morning becomes a vibrant celebration. Because you know that the moment the priest says, this is my body, that entire sanctuary fills with hosts of angels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the angels. And all the saints. Wow. Mm-hmm. They're all there. Souls are broken. And they're all there. I have to remember that sometimes you know, as I, when I genuflect right after saying the words. I'm, really, I'm holding the living, beating heart of Jesus in my hand, literally. That's what, exactly what it is. I remember you're reminding me, Father, that um, long ago, I guess it might have been 14 years ago, because I'm pretty sure I was pregnant with my son Elijah, and I had just read the book The Lamb's Supper by Scott uh, Hahn. Hahn, yeah. Dr. Scott Hahn. And I remember having completed that book, going to Holy Mass, and the tears welled up in my eyes because 
I recognized for the first time in my entire life what was really happening on the yeah, altar. Exactly. And the presence of the angels and the saints and the souls and our guardian angels with us oh, and there. everyone adoring our Lord coming down from heaven into onto that altar, into the bread and wine. And I remember thinking to myself, I... I had no idea. It, it's so funny because so many of us were raised um, clueless. And I think so many of us still are clueless. And so many of us have, have to be reminded constantly that the precious blood, body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ is there on the altar. Mm-hmm. And this time when we're we're really struggling with the circumstances of the day and we're separated sometimes for a variety of reasons from the Eucharist, we need the Holy Spirit, don't we? Amen. We absolutely, I've been hearing a lot of homilies about how it's so important to ask our Lord, fill me with that Holy Spirit, Amen. that I should be mm-hmm. renewed, because isn't that the prayer of the church? The mm-hmm. Holy Spirit renews, uh, sanctifies, right? Mm-hmm. And so we need God, the Holy Spirit, to sanctify the world even more so now than Amen. ever. Amen. Because in the time of crisis, we absolutely need him to bring us back to Jesus and, the and our God. Primarily, the way he does that is to infuse you with those gifts. Right, right, absolutely. Including fear of the Lord, which right. is, and, it and, just means awesome reverence. Right, awesome and reverence I, it's so funny because um, you hear so many people use that term in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk about, we shouldn't be afraid of God. God is loving. God is my brother. God is, you know, friendly. He's my friend. Yeah. That's absolutely not what fear oh, of the Lord all, means. No. Father, a, explain explain what, what the real well, it's reference the, it's is. It's the problem with English, unfortunately. Right. English words <laughs> could have the uh, trans- Lost in translation, That's exactly. That's why it literally is the hardest language in the world for right, non-English right. speakers to learn. But fear here uh, is an awesome reverence. Right, exactly. If all of a sudden Jesus appeared before you, what would be the first thing you do? I would tremble. And fall to my knees. Fall to your knees. On my face, hopefully, if exactly. I have reverence. Because you're God. trying to hide from him? No. No, because I'm dumbfounded you're awesome. by his you awesomeness. You are who this is. Right. And you're, you're, I'm not worthy to be, so you're right. going to fall on your knees. Right. That's awesome reverence. That's all it means. Right. So fear of the Lord just means an awesome reverence. Because a lot of people in our culture don't fear the Lord anymore. They use his right. name with <sighs> absolute... Uh, they take the Lord's name in vain. Sacrilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the time, yeah, and they they don't think anything of them. They make fun of Jesus, make Jesus a butt right. of jokes. Oh, they say, "Oh my God," you know, yeah. just, that's just just something that they say, yeah, that, and they they, they don't take the, the importance of it. Am I correct, Father? In the Old Testament days, uh, uh, the, the time, you know, the, uh, God's name Y W H W or Y H W H. No, they wouldn't. They you even, couldn't even utter the name. No, of they were not allowed to utter the right. name. Interesting point that you bring that up, though. Let me explain something. <laughs> yes. to you. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> When in the scrolls, as they were writing the scrolls, and they would come to the word Yahweh. Oh, my goodness. Y-A-H-W-E-H. We're allowed to say it because he's our God. But they would not, out of pure reverence for the name, they would not. The only one who was ever allowed to say that word was the high priest once a year on Yom Kippur in the Holy of Holies in the temple. The only time it could ever be said. So when it was written, (laughs) of course, they, they didn't have any vowels in Hebrew. I mean, they do have them, but they're not written. Because remember, they're writing on sheepskins, and they don't have much room gotcha. on sheepskins, so they they only write in what they already know. So you so then later the Masoretes came along and made little 
signs that this is little t is an a and a dot oh, is an o and gotcha. a, you know and a little line is an e and so on and they put it in into the text so you could see it now when that thing got translated they would put the word adonai which means lord mm-hmm. so oftentimes you'll see it you know what they call it and his name is lord no ah. that's but that's out of reverence so they don't even say the word yahweh so they put adonai in the margin but they would take the vowels from Adonai and put them into the YHWH, which made it an unpronounceable Jewish word. Wow. And so that would trigger them. It would make them see it. Oh, I'm supposed to go to the to the oh. margin and say Adonai instead, you know? But if you take the vowels from Adonai and put them into Yahweh, what you get is <clears throat> Jehovah. You know, you're making me also remember... Uh, which is not, by which is scribal error. It's not uh. God's name. God's name is not Jehovah. But it's a scribal error, but That's people right. just do it. Ooh, say uh, that again. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking also when you're talking about that, that um, Our Lady of La Salette, who appeared on September 19th, um, her grievance, I mean, this is this is an apparition approved by Holy Mother Church. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Where she is crying. Her, hand, her face is in her hands. Right. She is crying, and Cheers. her two grievances that she brings are, yep. we're not keeping the holy, holy day Sabbath. of Sunday. Right. Holy, the Lord's day, and we are taking the Lord's name in vain. And those two things bring her to tears. Now, if you look at an image of Our Lady of Sorrows and you see the tears rolling down her face and you think of any image of Our Lady suffering as she did at the foot of the cross, wanting to die with her son, being completely devastated and yet not fainting. There, I was telling Richard the other day that I remember hearing um, that the church condemned any art that shows Our Lady fainting at the foot of the cross because she did not faint. She She stood. That's why the Stabat Martyr says she was standing at the foot of the cross. If you look at any image of Our Lady crying with her heart pierced, yes, with her heart pierced, that's a beautiful Uh. image, Father, Um, you know that what breaks her heart is the blasphemies and the sacrileges Amen. to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And she's pierced by those things. And the Holy Spirit, bringing our, our topic background, Holy Spirit, he is there to imbue the life of God in us so that we know by virtue of the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, never to do that, never to take the Lord's name in vain, never to desecrate the day of our Lord with unholy things or useless things. He gives us six days to do the other. The seventh day is holy. And we were talking about the fact that you had exactly 18 people in your church yesterday. And I I, I totally appreciate people are scared for whatever reason, for many reasons. We are living in uncertain times. We need Jesus. The Holy Spirit is calling us back. Well, they've back. gotten used to watching Mass in their slippers. Yes, and, exactly. And it's very, very easy to get couch. comfortable, yeah. isn't it, Father? Yeah. Very yeah. easy to get comfortable. Yeah. We need to remember the Holy Spirit is calling us back to Holy Mass and asking us to trust in God. We talked about the falling of uh, trust in God. Every single thing that happens, he permits, he wills. And if we forget that, it's easy to be scared. You were talking about not being scared. That's right. Don't be afraid. Don't yeah, be afraid. Johnette Begovic, all he says it. Don't be scared. Be prepared. How do you prepare yourself? By 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 living your life according to the laws of God, following the Ten Commandments, being close to the Blessed Mother, 
taking into you the Holy Spirit. Right, Amen. Father? Amen. Absolutely. Because it's God's own spirit. Right, exactly. You are, so you are armed with God. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You are exactly armed with God. And of course, you're probably well aware, aware of this. You are, but maybe some of our listeners are not. That the words do not be afraid or fear not oh, yes. appear in Scripture 365, 365 times. Yeah. Does that once every four years is day that we can't use it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he's basically saying every single day, don't be afraid. Don't no. be afraid. But that means you have to have an awful lot of trust in him. And right. where does that come right. from? From the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, I want to touch on this one part because I thought that's where you were going. I was getting all excited when you were talking about uh, uh, the name of God and, and Yahweh. Uh, I just heard this past weekend um, while we were taken to the city rubbish area, the rest of the tree that we cut down. Elijah and I were listening to Catholic <laughs> Radio. And uh, I forget, who, maybe it was Father John Ricardo made reference to when they were going to write the name of God. I think I heard it correctly because we were a little bit distracted. I know what you're going to say, and the answer is yes. Uh, they, they would, they would <laughs> bathe themselves or wash themselves, and, and, and I mean that's there how re- reverenced the name of God. Yes. And took a new pen. Yes, yeah. And I mean, separate ink or whatever they yeah. used to write with, and would use it only for Amazing. that, and then go back to the other. For Amazing. Yeah. And 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 True. we're far from that right now. We're so casual about it, Father. We're so casual about it. I know. It just boggles my mind. I mean, you see on children's clothing, hey, backpacks, and everything. OMG! A quick, quick question: What the, the feast of the of the holy name of Jesus? So when, is that coming up? Because for some reason, I'm getting into this holy name of, of, of Jesus and God. And, no, that happens in January. Oh, January. Okay, I wasn't sure when that was. That's right. That's right. Early part of Jan- January eighth or something like that. Okay. Wow. Okay. So interesting uh, conversation. Father, obviously, we kept you to the end of the show. <laughs> we got about seven <laughs> minutes fine. left to go. Um, I'm free. Uh, wonderful things regarding the Holy Spirit. Uh, we need to all uh, g- continue to develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And while we're on that, just one thing before we went. Today, this church celebrates. Oh. Are you, were you going to do uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Today, Father. the church celebrates the Feast of Mary, the Mother of God. I remember the day I was in the seminary. Mm-hmm. My professor in theology was a Mariologist. Okay. Uh-huh. And he was waiting with bated breath. And sure enough, on that one day, I remember him jumping, literally jumping up and down in the hallway, going down like a like a pogo stick, because the announcement had just come over the air that Pope Paul the Sixth had officially had declared, declared Mary as Mother of the Church. Wow, she's the mother of. The body, right. because she's the most mother of the mystical body. She's the mother yes. of the head. We, you never gave birth to a head, Julie. You <laughs> right. gave birth to a whole right. body, right? Whole body. So she's the mother of all of that for us, which means she is so imbued and filled with the Holy Spirit that when she mothers us, she pours that Holy Spirit into mm-hmm. us. Beautiful. You know, and, and right around now, uh, every year prior to this, and I read some started some years ago, uh, you would start your Life in the Spirit series. Uh, but obviously with this uh, right. COVID-19, right. that's not taking place? Or is there something different? Do, at least not this. Uh, we know we were started in June, okay. which would be this week. But we can't get back together just yet with that number of people because I have 100 people in right. the prayer meeting. I right. can't bring them all yeah. back right now. Uh, but um, we'll as soon as we can get back together, whether we're at St. Mary's anymore, we're not sure what's going to oh, happen. Oh, that's right. Our, that's right. Our, so there, but we'll have another place. We'll, we'll let everybody know. Okay, good. I want to make sure we get that covered. Uh, I keep telling people, if you're not going to go through that, don't pretend that you are really a member of the church or that you really know what you're doing, because that's where you get it all from, is from going through that. 
Ah, gotcha. There's that look that everybody can see him on <laughs> Facebook right now. <laughs> because you went to one meeting and you never came back to the rest. <laughs> but you will. You will. Yes, you yes. wanted to come with Julie. I remember yes, you, you got it. Um, yeah. So with, I mean, okay, well, boy, time is flying fast. I'm I mean, just amazed at the, the conversation. And I'm glad we got a lot of folks, again, watching us on Facebook. Please, uh, like Luli Slider, Derek Raby, and uh, Vanessa. Vanessa. Oh, Vanessa. Cool. Uh, share this video. Please share it with your friends. Let them know uh, what's going on uh, in the church now let them tune in of course if you have any questions you can just place them right there at the bottom of this uh facebook uh, live video uh, we'd love to take your questions in the future if you want to put those on there i'll just ask father directly um but you know as we end today's show with today the feast of uh, of mary mother of the church uh, how can we uh, with the, with the guidance of the holy spirit how can we uh, make I'm sure the right. Make it best use of today in praising our Lord uh, with 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 Mary. Is there anything it can offer with us? Remembering exactly what happened at the foot of the cross, That's when right. Mary is standing there along with John, and he says to her, incredibly painful words, "Woman, behold your son." I was just going to say that, but it's so great she that you had, said that. She the church is to, born. He's giving her yes, but she had to surrender. Her divine son yes. and take on a human yes, son. Father. As great as John was, not putting John down in any way, shape, or form, but he wasn't Jesus. He wasn't know? Jesus. <laughs> so Mary gladly and willingly, because at that moment, I'm sure it's not recorded, but I'm sure she said, I'm the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done to me according right. to your word. Right. So she took us on right. as her new children. So Wow, what she, a step down. She, yeah, <laughs> she went from for Jesus sure, to but, us. But she did it with such love. <laughs> Because she wants all sure. of us to be with her forever in the kingdom. That's yes. why she cried at La Salette. That's why she said things at exactly. all of her different apparitions. Please stop offending my son. You know? yes. Stop offending the Father. You know, get, uh, and if we're living out the call of the church and living with the gifts of the Holy Spirit within us, we're going to automatically do that. Right. But we have to be a conscious effort every day to keep doing that, right. to remind ourselves to do med- some meditation every day. Get your rosary said. That's the greatest weapon we Please have in the whole world. Pray your rosary every day. It's what Our Lady says yeah. every single time she appears. Pray I mean, my rosary every day. I think I told you this one other time. Father Martin Scott, whom we all know and love, yes. challenged me one time <laughs> uh, to do more rosaries. And I'm saying, uh, with my schedule, I, I don't have time. I really, really don't. I mean, I, I do well at least one a day, but I don't. I'm up to five. That's fantastic, Father. Of course, it's the COVID, but the one I get back in a bit. But I'm still going to. I'm still going to keep that yes, because because it's going to become there's t- when part you do it. There's life. time left over. Right. The Lord just makes that happen. Right. But it's so important because it's the weapon. It's the Somebody weapon. just said the other day, one of the priests are talking about Father uh, Patrick Payton, who's oh, about yes. to be beatified. Yes. And oh, this, that's so going to be so fantastic. The priest who lived with him or walk, knew him very well, he said, I never in my life ever saw him without the rosary wrapped around his fist. Wow. And I never saw Father Martin without it either. That's right. Mm. So you now I have it all. Long. When I'm in the confessional, I have it. I can't do it. Uh-huh. Right. But I, I usually have it. And I have sure. Father Martin's rosary in my pocket. So it's like it's one of those things that, you know, that's the way we stay sure. in touch and keep on line. It's our open line to God, you know. That's right. Amen. And we can pray to the Holy Spirit to get us back to Holy Mass completely and yeah. together. We're moving in that everyone. direction, I think. We're moving in that direction. Absolutely. No matter, but at least now we're trained. So if everything worse comes in the future, and I'm sure it's going to. That's um, right. Hopefully. Yeah, and don't be fearful, don't but be, be prepared. Yeah. 
Make, make, sure your soul, make, make sure your soul is in that right state, in that state Amen. of grace. If you haven't Amen. been to confession, folks, here we're going to preach to you. Get to confession. Uh, yes. Call your priest. Call your pastor. Ask him if you can come out and, and, and he'll hear your confession uh, with whatever specific well, restrictions we, they need we, to. We have confessions that have through the entire thing. Yes. We've done confessions every day at St. Right. Mary's. 1130 right. in the morning, we're always... One of us is there. Really? So we, that's we, beautiful. We, let's get you really, really, really Sometimes busy. Sometimes I sit there for the whole half hour and not that nobody comes, really? but I get two rosaries done anyway. Aww. So that part is good. So again, just to be clear, at 11.30 weekdays? Every weekday. Every weekday, down awesome. at St. Mary Catholic Plus, Church, uh, downtown. Saturdays at 4.30, we also have convention. Saturdays at 4.30. Okay, folks, you heard him right there. If you're in the downtown area, you're working, <laughs> take off a little bit extra from work for your lunch and yep. go to confession. And we see lives changing as they come regularly. Beautiful. And just changing. I bet. They're getting out of bad habits or sinful habits in their life. And, and that's because God green, brings good out of evil, right, Father? Even though this, this has been crazy times right. and a lot of us are just in tears from having been away from our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. God brings good from well, been, all circumstances, always. Thank God I haven't had that problem because I can say mass myself every I know, day. Father, that's why but it's fantastic it, to be a holy you have priest. To, that Holy Spirit is in that confessional. That's right. And when you go in there, he just... Whoosh, and he just filled your soul Washes wow. over with you. the words of That's absolution. Right. And he comes. It's That's a new right. Pentecost. It, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I, I wanted you to pray our closing prayer. Okay. We've got about a minute and a half left to go. So I'll, I guess uh, I'll wait, wait another 30 seconds before we hit that point. And then in the after show, uh, Julie and I will be talking about a little bit more uh, regarding uh, the you know, Holy Spirit in the home. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and We're definitely want to keep that to, going. How to liven your family with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. So, Father, if you can drag it out a good uh, 45 <laughs> Never seconds. Drag out oh, a I'm, prayer, I'm Father. good at that. We're, we're always blessed. And, and and maybe in your in your minds and hearts, listeners, think about how you're asking God, the Holy Spirit, to imbue you with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. For those of you who may not remember, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, and, and chastity. Per, per, well, chastity and self-control are the same thing. Beautiful. So, so Father, if you would end us out uh, with a, a blessing. we got about 30 seconds left. I mean, okay. Closing prayer. Holy Spirit, be with us. Fill us. Make our homes little churches as we ask your blessing come upon us. And we pray may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. We'll be back on the after show in just a few seconds. Thanks for listening to Rise and Walk with Richard and Julie Reyna. To listen or watch again, go to iTunes or visit the Guadalupe Radio Network Facebook page. Have a question or comment? Email us at riseandwalk at grnonline.com. And make sure to join us next week for another episode of Rise and Walk. I was thinking to myself, thank God you were safe that night. I was thinking about you. God bless you, Father. Take care. You've heard it said, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. So instead of letting your unused vehicle sit idle one more day, why not donate it to the Guadalupe Radio Network? Just call 1-866-628-2277 or come by grnonline.com and click on Donate Now. That's 1-866-628-2277 or come by grnonline.com and click Donate Now. Later model cars or trucks are greatly appreciated. Seize the day by calling 1-866-2277. 
Dr. Sheila Hernandez and Children's Dentistry at Hosman Village is a proud supporter of KJMA 89.7 FM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Have you found yourself looking for a home for your dental needs from birth to early teens in Northwest San Antonio? Well, if so, Children's Dentistry at Hosman Village is the one for you. For more information or to book an appointment, the number to call is 694-2700. Again, that's 694-2700. Howdy, Guadalupe Radio Network listeners. This is Richard Reina. The 2019 Summer Sherathon is coming at us really quickly. And its theme is celebrating 20 years. Can you believe it? 20 years of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Please keep the success of the Sherathon in your prayers. And don't forget to call in your pledge of support, helping to keep your airwaves Catholic. And has Catholic Radio made a difference in your life? If so, please let us know. God bless you. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Serving God's holy, Catholic, and Apostolic Church. This is KJMA 89.7 FM, Floresville, San Antonio. Also online at grnonline.com. Your destination for Catholic radio.